everybody. It's time to roll on into the creator's corner. I'm uh, Trevor, and with me, I got Christian. How you doing, Christian? Good. I'm not sure about that one. I still like the the roll for intent creator's corner. I, I don't know. We'll get it eventually. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get it eventually. It's a, it's an iterative process. We'll figure out something that doesn't suck someday. Maybe. I mean, if the one year, we'll have something, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the one year, exactly. That's That's how long it's going to take. Awesome. So what have we got going on today? They added something recently, but I don't think they added enough of it. Back in Secrets of Magic, you know, perennial favorite book, they added magical tattoos, but not nearly enough of them, especially not low-level ones. Ooh, magical tattoos and kobold traps. Those are the t- the two big top sellers everyone's always asked after. Because under kobolds, it said, oh, the kobold trap finder, you get two traps with the kobold trade. I was like, there are none. What are you talking about? <laughs> Those are the best when you, uh, you, it's a carrot. It's a carrot for a future book, right? Or for uh, lovely content creators on Infinite, like the guests that we have today. Uh, today, we've got Brian Lane with us. Uh, he wrote a supplement called Ink Finder, where there are over 100 tattoos, uh, including first and second level tattoos, which is a big deal. And a couple archetypes related to tattooists as well. It's pretty rad, the kind of stuff that they got thrown in here. And uh, ever since I stopped playing 1E and my lovely Sahagin magical tattooer druid Neville Waveskipper uh, perished unceremoniously, I've wanted to, to get that again. Murdered by Jake. Absolutely. Triple crit. Emnity aquatic human, anyway. It's a sore spot, guys. But. <laughs> Brian, he is a physics professor by day, a content creator by night. Not only does he have the ink finder, but he also has some other content that I'm really excited to tuck into. Eventually, one of them is Thaumaturge Implements. And if you listen to our show or have talked to me at all on the Discord, I have a serious problem with how much I like Thaumaturges. It's a sickness. I think Christian's trying to get me into rehab. Yeah, it's one of our Patreon goals that get Trevor into Thaumaturge Rehab. Brian, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. How are y'all? Absolutely wonderful. We are great. It's a little hot over here in California. I, yesterday was 115. I think today is only 111. So cooling down. You look a bit redder than normal, and that's saying something, buddy. It is. So, Brian, what, what really inspired you to, to jump into the, the magical tattooing? I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you, are, are you a, a, an instructor of physics tattoos or something like what what really what really got you going to do tattoos here so no i i have no personal connections to tattoos i i have none personally not (laughs) anything against them just never felt the need to have one uh i was playing in a game with my wife where i wanted my character to be a tattoo person because I said, oh, these tattoos just came out, like you mentioned, in Secrets of Magic. Also, there's a few in, I think, Grand Bazaar has a few as well. Yeah, there's a couple um, And there. I said, yeah, and I said, I, you know what? I bet there's got to be something in there that your character wants because I think our character had a few flavor tattoos uh, that offer no mechanical benefits. And I said, well, maybe I can pick that up. I haven't picked my skill feet yet. Let me pick tattoo artist and i can start to work getting your character some tattoos well i take the tattoo artist feet 
which is, you know, you mentioned first and second level. So it specifies you get some first and second level formulae for free. Except neither in Secrets of Magic nor in Grand Bazaar is there a first or second level tattoo. Now, I I give Paizo the benefit of the doubt there because I'm guessing what happened is each set of authors for each of those books assumed there would be one in the other one that came out around the same time. And I said, well, goodness, this is this is a design space that's just begging to be filled. And so I just started outlining some ideas for particularly lower level. And I said, but if I'm going to do a book of these, I'm going to go as high as I possibly can. And so I made it a goal to do 50. I shot past that and said, well, the only next logical goal is 100, of course. So I just kept going. I made um, higher level versions of most of them. Uh, You know, like you have for, say, alchemical items, lesser, minor, greater, etc., And the idea there was, I don't remember whether this is in the original source material or whether I had to add this, but the idea there would be you are adding to the tattoo. Like people, uh, a lot of folks don't stop with just the first tattoo they get. They add background to it or they add extra features to the art. Uh, And so the idea there is that as you add more to the art, you are unlocking more of its magical potential. Very cool. I I will say I I look looking over this after uh, Trevor sent me a copy of it and magical tattoos has never been anything personally that I've been super interested in as a, as a player but I really love the stuff that you did in here there were so many flavorful things that I thought were just very cool you covered a huge range and you did a very good job with it and well, you, you should you know, you should definitely be proud. Of, uh, which one of these were your favorites, do you think? If I were to get one in real life, I would probably go with the bodily Domovoy. So Domovoy is a little fey creature that lives in your house, is very unobtrusive, and just cleans up while you're gone. It's a house elf from Harry Potter. It's a house elf, yes, exactly. So, or or a fixie. I don't know if, if, uh, if y'all have been exposed to fixies yet, but my kids love fixies, and they're they're little fae that fix things in your house. It's great. So this is a little fae tattoo that crawls around your body and cleans up the mess. So if you're an adventurer and you have just gone taking a tumble in the mud, after two hours, the mud is gone because this little tattoo just navigates around your body with, I guess, a squeegee and a, and a broom. I, I, I didn't specify what they have, but they clean up your body and just kind of make a complete orbit within two hours. I would probably want that just so that I'm always looking great. It's such a neat little, you know, RP, RP rich tattoo that really scratches that itch for martial characters that can't get pressed to digitation or something like that. Yeah. Clean off their clothes and things is really neat. <laughs> I, I personally think my probably my absolute favorite out of this book, and I'll explain why it is certainly not a, you know, a very powerful tattoo, but favored weapon. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, it's a very simple starts at third level. You are trained in, you get a tattoo of the weapon, you are trained in that weapon, then the 11th level, you you become an expert in the weapon, and at 15th level, uh, you gain access to the weapon's crit specialization. But for the most part, you know, all the time I have characters that, I, I like thematic characters, I don't care if they are, you know, stellar in combat in that, but... You know, if I'm playing a wizard that, you know, kind of is wearing some kind of armor and wants to wield a longsword, 
you know, oh, well, let's see. I could be an elf and favored weapons and, you know, all of this stuff that you have to do where you're like, I don't want to do that. It's like yeah. you, I can't have a character that simply, you know, I mean, yeah, you can take the weapon proficiency feat, but then it just lacks in the fact that, you know, that training level never increases. So I absolutely loved this tattoo it, it is actually one i will definitely be getting on characters cool. it, it was it was really fun the fact that it's only a third level to begin with too means that you can like jump into it really quick you don't have to wait mm-hmm. and wait and wait to get something like this right you could start up a a character at, at fourth level and have a you know your third level item be a favored weapon and and now mm-hmm. you have training as a wizard in a bastard sword which would be just rad yeah, that one's a good example of, you know, some of the design challenges for things like this, because basically what you're doing is you're spending money on a feat, right? Because you mentioned you could take the weapon proficiency feat to get essentially the same thing. And so part of the 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 decision making that has to go in that is, okay, so what level is it appropriate to have an item where you can basically buy out a feat? How do you couch it in such a way that you're not making the feat obsolete? And how much do you have the thing cost, right? These are all things that, like, you're always comparing against, well, this feat is worth this, and this item does this, and it's a two-level differential, and it costs this much more than a standard item. There's, And there's no clear-cut way for us outside of Paizo to do that, right? They've got, I'm sure, some secret math they can draw on, but the rest of us, we're, you know, we're making comparisons based on published material. The investiture of a tattoo is a really big way to keep these balanced, too, because, yeah. you know, you can't load up with 10 tattoos and have a magical weapon. You're done. You're, I mean, you, you're done, which is something that really keeps these from being a straight feat replacement, right? If you are mm-hmm. a martial character, you're probably going to have quite a few invested magical items. Also, the fact that you can't de-invest a tattoo, uh, once you have it, it's automatic, and you're basically permanently using that investiture slot for your tattoo like it's it's a major commitment for your character to make right i like that how it uh, mirrors you know it's a major commitment for your pc just like it would be a major commitment for you to take a tattoo yeah i think a lot of people get overly invested into oh is paizo what would paizo do is you know so many times and it is honestly a, a crutch for the third party content creators that you know people oh it's not paizo i'm not interested but all the time paizo does this this very same thing you know summoners probably my favorite class they have a fourth level feat that if your Idolin gets a critical hit, it deals 1d6 persistent bleed damage. Well, there's a seventh level magic item that deals 1d6 persistent bleed damage every time you hit. So you're like, I'm already starved for feats playing a summoner. There is no way I am using a feat for something that gives me 1d6 on a crit when I can just add it three levels later as a magic item. There's just no way. So uh, I think people do get too wrapped up and in that aspect of it. And it's something that the, you know, Pathfinder infinite is definitely helping to, you know, fight against in that, that mentality of the consumer. I I like the, and you kind of glossed over it. I really like the fact that there's alchemical tattoos in here too, Mm. that it's not just straight up magic. Alchemy is a type of magic in, in Galarian, obviously, but the fact that we have alchemical tattoos, that would be something that you would expect somebody like on our show as Mordrin to be able to start tatting up, Yosef with alchemical tattoos, right? Uh, if you wanted to. That's a really neat difference that you can do rather than just, oh, we yeah. don't have a caster. Well, we got to go to a town and find... No, we've got an alchemist. He can do this crap. 
we got somebody that can just do crafting, right? And that was an interesting design distinction to make because I had to ask the question, okay, what makes an alchemical tattoo different from a magical tattoo? Like, what are going to be the, the effects that an alchemical tattoo can have that a magical tattoo can't and vice versa? Because in, in some ways they're going to overlap, but in other ways you can kind of look at alchemical items and spells and say, well, this is clearly trying to access some some different design space. We talked about that a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about consumables, how Paizo did a really good job of opening up some more magical avenues for martial characters by using consumable items in the form of talismans, potions, things like that. The very fact that you're continuing that tradition by doing this, by making sure that you can give that level of power boost, some sort of unnatural, air quotes, power boost, to a martial character by a martial character is great. And even if it's one of those things that, you know, this is an added cost, it might be more expensive than somebody that has a wand or somebody that has a scroll. We have a game now where you are not required to have a cleric and a wizard to make it through a campaign. You could go, you could go full himbo, you could go all barbarians. It's not going to hurt anybody. You can manage as long as somebody's got medicine, you can skill into mm-hmm. things. And that is a huge, huge bonus to the system. And it's really great to see content creators leaning into that. Yeah, I, I actually was looking through the alchemical tattoos. One of the first things I thought was, you know, like the arcing tattoo. It's a reaction. It's a first level tattoo or starts at first level, goes all the way up to 14th. Trigger, you take electrical damage. The effect, the current leaps from your tattoo towards another target. Choose an adjacent target to take electricity damage. It starts off at one, then goes to three, six, nine as it progresses in level. But I'm sitting here thinking, ooh, you know, I throw bombs so I could tattoo my group. I can throw an electrical bomb in there. The splash damage can hit them, then they can get the enemy for even another point of damage, even though they're going to be taking some. So it has this kind of a really fun effect that you can feed on. And the damage is not, you know, it's not so consequential that anyone's to be like, oh my God, I, I can't allow this into my game. It's 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 overpowered. It's it's just so much flavor. And I love stuff that is flavorful and has, you know, a, a little benefit, but it's just fun to use. I really like the fact that the vast majority of these things have a once a day effect too, because it does help keep them in line um, mm-hmm. as an item and not make them a must have item. Like, yeah, it's cool that you have some things in here that people may consider this is a must have now that I have access to it, but there is nothing in here that's clearly, you have to take this option or else you are doing a disservice to yourself and your party because they're, they're all about adding that extra level of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Magic word is so cool for that specifically. It sounds like it might have a bit of a niche use case, but when you need an action that you don't have, there's no better thing to have than something that reduces the level of actions it takes to do something. Mm-hmm. You have a you know three action spell and you had to move in place to do it. Maybe you're a healer. Maybe you've got a heal spell and you need to do your three action blast to save your party, but you can't hit them all unless you move. Magic word to the rescue. It replaces the verbal component of a spell with a reaction, and you don't have to use all three actions to do it. You just use two, so you can move, you can blast it. That's probably my favorite tattoo in this book for the level of like utility for when you absolutely need it. There's nothing that can replace something like this. Yeah, I can already see uh, one of my friends likes playing a witch for the the cackle so they can get extra summons out, and this would let them get one more summon. So I think they could actually get three summons out at a time with this. 
Right. That one time a day that it will work, it will be yes. very clutch. Yes. But once a day. <laughs> yeah. On top of all this, like you didn't have to do anything beyond the tattoos, right? You said, I have a goal, 50 tattoos. You blasted past that goal with 100 tattoos. Then you went even harder. You added alchemical tattoos in addition to the magical tattoos. So yes, it's still a total of 100, but you have something a little bit different. Then you added a whole new research field in here for a alchemical tattoo maker that is a research field for the alchemist uh, that allows him to do essentially what the talisman dabbler can do, which is a favorite archetype of mine, which is to make a temporary tattoo on somebody that's good for the day. They have a certain amount that they can do. It's really cool and adds a lot of utility to these tattoos that already have a ton of utility, but maybe a little niche for some situations. You can say, all right, well, today we're going to be against something that likes to hit with melee weapons a lot. Like we're going to go up against a King's Guard or something, right? All right, we're going to take Magnetic on you. And if they hit you with that weapon, it might get wrenched out of your hand, their hand and stick to you, right? Super useful, but it's a niche tattoo. It's fine if we only have it for one day. It's great for yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Paizo has done a really good job kind of opening the design space for, like you said, niche items and then ways to get those items when you need them. So you mentioned Talisman Dabbler. Uh, Inventor has a chain of feats that are similar with gadgets. You know, you can imagine doing something similar with maybe Spell Catalysts or Fulus or all the new stuff in Secrets of Magic that, honestly, I still need to finish reading through. Um, but using that structure of... I can get the things that I need kind of on demand, but still in limited supply. It just kind of opens up the, the design space and the playing space in a nice way, I think. One of the things you added in here that I really liked, and Trevor, I know, also really liked it, was the uh, new trait twinning that you and uh, one of uh, someone else also has to have this exact same tattoo. And when you pay for it, it's just the one cost and you both get the tattoo, if I recall correctly. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know everyone has been wanting teamwork feats back. They were in yeah. first edition. And, and this is kind of that subtle little way to get, you know, kind of inching towards those teamwork feats. And it was it was a really cool concept. Well, I really love the twinning trait. It's really cool. It's a great addition. I can see it used for things that aren't even tattoos. Like if you made new content, like, hey, this builds upon the twinning trait that we had. It, I, I think it's missing just one little thing. And maybe you can like comment on that. Maybe I'm missing something, right? There's no range specified on twinning. So there is a specific tattoo that you can get that has the twinning trait that allows you to swap places with somebody. You could like swap across planes with somebody with it, right? So is there like, is that a miss or is that intentional? And this is way more badass than I thought it was. That is totally a miss. And I appreciate <laughs> that. So most of the things that have the twinning trait is in the entry of, you know, it has to be within your twinning partner's reach or something like that. It always uses some sort of natural terminology of the limit you would think it's supposed to have, it's going to have. And for the, uh, what's it called? The shifting tattoo. Nope. I think I probably thought it was in one spot and then not in another. So I, that is on my notes to go back and add. I think I always have, like when I'm designing something like that, that's clearly for use in combat, right? I'm always thinking in terms of, yeah, it's somewhere on the same battlefield, right? And I wish <laughs> I could just put that down as somewhere on the map. 
But, you know, some people don't play with maps. What happens when I make the map really big? What happens when we have an impromptu combat and the GM hasn't drawn a map yet? You know, that would be a lovely thing to be able to say that uh, there's no nice, concise way to say it. Yeah, Paizo does it all the time, right? You think yeah. about the thaumaturge <laughs> mirror, right? They're obviously talking about combat for it, but like, oh, okay, well, it's one yeah. action. I can teleport everywhere 15 feet. Yeah. You, you know, I can teleport faster than I can fall. So I'm just going to keep teleporting straight up in the air and get somewhere, right? You know, well, or you think about the fact that at, at least I've never found in second edition a limit on how far PCs can see, right? I know it was a big deal in first edition. You gain dark vision 30 feet, you gain dark vision <laughs> 60 feet. Now it's just, well, you gain dark vision. Well, how far does my dark vision go? Well, it goes as far as your usual vision. How far does that go? Next question, please. You know, it's, and some people have, <laughs> you know, some kind of fun with that. You know, you have to put in a value if you're doing a virtual tabletop with dynamic lighting and stuff. So I, I think there's kind of always this assumption of, well, it's somewhere on the map. And it's like, well, I guess people will figure it out when they get to the table. But yeah, I'm going to go back. And since you mentioned, you know, you could swap places around a plane, that gives me now fodder for making upgraded versions of that <laughs> item to increase the range. Excellent. This is something that we talked about before, just so our listeners are aware we do not drop questions on people that we have problems with without talking to them first because we're here to like up talk creators and not crap on them, right? So we're never going to blindside somebody. So I talked a little bit to uh, Brian in the lead up to this, and he brought up this really interesting point that I think is really unique and really cool to the content delivery method that we have with Infinite and with so, other, so many other content creators. On our show, we've talked a lot about uh, how podcasting is an iterative art on our main show. You know, we get better. We can change things. Uh, we've had listeners catch things that were wrong, that uh, were wrong audio-wise audio or wasn't clear, and we went back and fixed them, right? Authors can do the same thing on Infinite, right? Brian said to me that he's already changed a few things that people brought up. So this is one of those things, you know, this is such a democratized process, and these content creators are accessible to people, right? If you mm -hmm. have questions, I'm not telling anybody like, hey, just like blast all these people's emails, right? But you can look and you can find these guys on Discord, right? And say, hey, I'm not sure about this. And either it's an easy answer or it's, well, nobody knows the answer and it gets fixed, right? Really cool side to the democratization of the, the content creation that we have with Infinite. Yeah, you're not waiting for an errata or a new edition to come out. It's literally, oh, let me go fix that one word. I push a new PDF, and the folks who've already purchased it get an email saying, there is a new version of Ink Finder available. And they can they can use the busted version if they want, or they can go and use the, the new version if they want. <laughs> busted version, always. Uh, so uh, what would you, for people interested in creating their own products that go... Uh, into Pathfinder Infinite. Uh, what, what was that process like? Well, I started out uh, before the Infinite license was available because Infinite is still relatively new. Um, just, you know, building my own content, putting it on DriveThruRPG. It was mostly if I identified a, a gap in the design space that I felt like there was opportunity for. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go and, you know, stretch my creative muscles. I wanted to see what the design process was like. Uh, designing this stuff is also a great stress reliever for me. So if you ever see me releasing content after content, it means I had a rough month. Um, but getting into Infinite is great because uh, I, I guess we might need to explain that to listeners if they haven't heard a previous explanation of it. The main difference is that on Infinite, you're allowed to play 
on Galarian. You're allowed to play with Paizo's IP. So you've now got the ability, not just in the mechanical design space, but in the flavor world-building design space. If you've got something that you see as needing development or that you would love to see developed, you can go and you can develop that and you don't have to file the serial numbers off like you used to. Um, And that's really great in second edition because of how melded together the mechanics are with the storytelling. So think about all the rare and uncommon player options that are out there that specifically say, you get this feat if you go and talk to this person in Absalom who's at this street corner, and you've got to do a favor for them, and then they give you access to this feat. Well, now you get to play in that space. So I'm working on one, I'm working on a product right now that's going to come out with um Lost Omens and Possible Lands in November. And I'm naming specific regions, I'm naming specific people that you need to go and talk to them in order to get access to this archetype. And they live at this spot in the Man Oase, and here's the kind of favors you can do for them. And it's just such a neat way to really play with a lot more toys, so to speak. Very cool. Reminds me of playing Borderlands, getting all the side quests, going to get specific items. and (laughs) So we want to make sure that people also realize, though, that when you go and do uh, stuff on Infinite, right, you don't have to live in Galarian for Inkfinder to work. And that's something that we really like to talk about, you know, from the GM perspective, because there's a lot of people that prefer to play in a homebrew world, right? Mm-hmm. I know Christian prefers to play in his, his world. Um, we have other people on in our Discord that we interact with that all play in their homebrew world. There's dozens of podcasts out there that play in their own homebrew world. Some people have homebrew worlds they've been working on for 30, 40 f- years, right? There is nothing lost if you're doing that with this content. And that's something I really like about this. Well, you do have the option to do it. You very wisely stayed away from tying those things directly in. Yes, you have mm-hmm. this really cool, you know, tattoo variants of Galarian that I really enjoy where it talks about like sc- ritual scarification and burning and stuff and the cultures that, that practice those things because, you know, well, I have a hold scarred orc. All of my tattoos are actually scars wicked. All right, cool. Let's go with that. That's not a Galarian specific thing, though. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. specific to those cultures, but you could say, all right, well, a tattoo is also ritual scarification, or it's branding, or uh, it's a series of burns, or, 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 right? And, And that's really cool, something that you can integrate as a GM into your game, too. You can have your NPCs with tattoos that they're using. Uh, in in magical ways and create your own tattoos. Um, that's one thing that I, I that's missing, I think still, and I don't think the onus is on you because this would be a really deep rule set. But crafting unique magical tattoos, like you could yeah. money, like you could like a, a a a persistent item, create a magical persistent item. Hopefully, we'll see something like that in treasure vaults. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed really hard about making custom <laughs> items. Uh, and but you know, listen to this channel as soon as we get a copy and the embargo's up, we'll talk all about it. Yeah, and <laughs> translating stuff from the Galarian Lost Omen setting into your homebrew is, I think, probably more straightforward than, than some people realize, because, like, like, let's say there is a feat that specifically mentions this comes from Phrasma, and she is, is granting you this feat because of these reasons, and the psychopomps are coming to help you with such and such. You know, you can translate that pretty easily, because i guessing your setting has a deity over death and judgment, right? Like, so you can 
translate that over and say, okay, what's the equivalent over here for my world of a deity who's got the same domains or the same type of servitors, et cetera? And also the fact that, you know, they often describe it as a kitchen sink setting also means that, you know, you can dump anything into it, but you can also take anything out of it, drop it into whatever equivalent your setting has. I want to touch on one. I keep saying this. I keep saying we have to stop saying this. One more thing, (laughs) because it's always like six. Uh, Beyond the magical tattoos, the alchemical tattoos, the new alchemist research field, which still is is crazy. I think uh, this is the first like research field as a bolt on to other content that I've seen so far. Right, like another character option for a class that's a bolt on to some other content. So cool. You get so much with us. Um, we also have two archetypes. One is a tattoo artisan. So you can do, you know, tattooing on a normal dude. You know, you, you now you have the archetype and you can make these tattoos, right? I'm not going to go real deep into it, but it is a archetype that you can take. It's, it's free archetype friendly, I guess, is the best way to put it, because there are feats from 2 to 12, right? That's a big thing for me because I love the talisman dabbler, but the one mark against this or no there's no fourth level feet yeah uh and then there is and this this one's really cool and i missed this at first when i first read through this i'm like this is kind of not very strong but it is the tattooed warrior archetype the the big killer app on this thing is it allows you to treat your tattoos as if they have a lower investment cost so what is it for every two you get one free right is it is it two for one or is it is it four for three, three for one i, I believe which. yeah it's buy three get one free yeah buy three get one free because as they get more tattoos, they get more powerful. So I was like, well, the max bonus, you're going to have to invest absolutely everything into tattoos. Not true, because they get the uh, investiture bonus. And imagine if you're a thaumaturge and you take uh, incredible investiture, thaumaturge's investiture, and you just pumped that charisma. You got 16 tattoos, buddy. You're not even getting started. You're now making me realize that the Thaumaturge needs tattoo implements, which I did not include <laughs> in my implements book. So be looking for the oh, sequel God. to that soon. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll shoot me an email when that comes out because I'm going to buy it instantly. I love everything Thaumaturge, man. Yeah, if you can make bank, if every week you just come out with something for the Thaumaturge, put a buck on it, Trevor will buy it. Absolutely. So yep, it'll happen. <laughs> I have a problem. I, I admit freely that I do. I have like 75 Thaumaturges in my Path Builder, guys. I am playing a Thaumaturge right now, except for the Swarm that I came across, whose resistance was greater than his weakness. I am having so much fun. I want to touch on it. I said one more thing, right? <laughs> I'm not going to go into it deep. There's a monster in here, too. A really cool monster. A really, really unique monster. I recently did the judging for the Brewmaster competition monsters. I was one of the judges for that. And... Something like this would have shot to the top of the list. It's a tattoo eater monster. It it does exactly what it's on the tin. There's not a whole lot more to it, but it's so cool. The idea that it's just looking for some sweet tatted up dude, you know, fry up his skin like crackling and munch it, man. It's good you stuff. Ha- you have to give the GM something to play with, too. Oh, yeah. You're going to go go hard on the tattoos. Well, you're going to attract some attention there, bucko. See, my first thought is someone captures this thing and has it around for all the people that, ah, oh, I got that tattoo and now I don't want it. I'm not with her anymore. And <laughs> See, this is why you would be a successful glaring entrepreneur and I would not. <laughs> so how much does this thing cost? That would be the one question I did not look up. <laughs> 
The answer is $5. Let me go to my, so the answer is so $5. Okay. <laughs> it costs $5 on Pathfinder Infinite. And I am sending these nice folks a link for a discounted sales page where you can get it for $3.50. That is a steal at double the price. Oh, yeah, you you clearly haven't been in our Discord. You would know our fans don't deserve such a large discount. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you that are listening, uh, you can get that discount by going to rollforintent.com slash creatorscorner7. All one word. That'll link you directly to the page. Full disclosure, as always, those are also affiliate links. Those pump more money into the flames of content reviewing. Uh, so that we can continue to purchase content from lovely people like Brian, who is large, stable of content, almost guarantees him another interview spot in the not-so-distant future if he so desires. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'm sure we'll have you book when you're back when your Thaumaturge implements come out. So He's already got one. I, I had to fight to not buy it. Oh, what? You didn't buy it? How? Now that I've talked to him and, you know, he's such a lovely individual, I have to buy it. There's no, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to stop this interview and I'm going to go buy it on Infinite. If you're creating stuff for Pathfinder Infinite, Thaumaturge stuff, send a link to Trevor. He'll buy it. Summoner stuff, send a link to me. I'll buy it. So we all have our own problems. Excellent. (laughs) Well, I think that about wraps it up. Thanks everybody for listening. The Creator's Quarter, this is Trevor. Yes, and I'm Christian. I hope you guys all have a great week. Night, everyone.